Shalom, dearest brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to this week's episode of Midweek with the Saints. Before we dive into the saint for the day or rather for the week, I would just like to ask all of you who are watching on YouTube to click on the subscribe button and the bell button so that you will be notified whenever I upload a new video. And if you are following us on Spotify right now, click on the follow button so that you will be notified whenever there is a new episode. And friends, if you feel that this episode is good, I ask that you share this with your family members, with your friends, and anyone whom you believe can benefit from this episode. So friends, today we take a look at the life of St. Therese of Lisieux. Friends, St. Therese of Lisieux was canonized in the year 1925. Two years later, she was declared the prettiness of missionaries. And in the year 1997, she was declared a doctor of the church. St. Therese of Lisieux is one of the most inspiring saints that I've come across. One of the simple and humble saints who at the same time rose to great levels of holiness and heroic virtue. Friends, from the outset, I would like to state this, that a lot of people have had these misconceptions that St. Therese took the little way as in the easy way. But the little way that she undertook was no easy way. She still had to rise up with heroic virtue, rise up to great levels of holiness. In fact, one of my favorite quotes of St. Therese of Lisieux is this, We are in a century of inventions. Now, one does not even have to take the trouble to climb the steps of a stairway. In the homes of the rich, an elevator replaces them nicely. I too would like to find an elevator to lift me up to Jesus, for I am too little to climb the rough stairway of perfection. St. Therese wanted an elevator to lift her up to Jesus because she was too little to climb the stairway of perfection. Friends, you can imagine this, a staircase where the steps are just too big for the steps of a little girl. This is what St. Therese of Lisieux is saying. Friends, I can relate with her because often I do not choose to climb up the staircase when I want to go to my apartment, which is only on the fifth floor, but I choose to take the elevator. Friends, St. Therese of Lisieux displays such humility. She realizes that in order for her to grow in holiness, in order for her to grow closer to Jesus, she needs to first and foremost surrender this to Jesus. And the act of drawing close to God draws from that first fact that God draws close to us. You know, long before we desire to draw close to God, God has already drawn close to us. And St. Therese, basically what she means by this elevator is none other than Nothing else than the arms of Jesus. The arms of Jesus is the elevator that lifts her up to himself. So friends, St. Therese of Lisieux asks us, urges us to take up this little way, this little way to draw closer to Jesus, to rise to great levels of sanctity and holiness, to rise to heroic virtue, to give God the greatest glory. Now, friends, in Matthew eleven twenty-five, we read Jesus giving thanks to the Father that he has hidden all the things of heaven from the wise and the learned, and instead he has revealed them to those who are childlike. Jesus gives thanks that the things of heaven are revealed to those who are childlike. The things of heaven, of heaven are revealed to those who are like St. Therese of Lisieux, humble before the Lord, but at the same time bold for his sake. But St. Therese of Lisieux knew her identity in Jesus and she was confident that Jesus will come and lift her up to himself. Friends, 
there is this pious misconception, a pious misconception that St. Therese of Lisieux's little way is an easy way. It is no easy way. The path to heaven is always narrow and challenging. It is like walking on a tight rope. And St. Therese of Lisieux knew this. And St. Therese of Lisieux, yes, she had childlike faith, but she also was matured in her faith. You know, she had a sense of matured childlike faith. There were certain aspects of her faith that were very much childlike, but there were also a lot of aspects of her faith that she was matured in. In fact, St. Therese of Lisieux, St. John Paul II says this in 1997 when he was the Pope and he was declaring her a doctor of the church. He says this, Therese of the child Jesus and the holy face is the youngest of all the doctors of the church. But her ardent spiritual journey shows maturity and the insights of faith expressed in her writings are so vast and profound that they deserve a place among the great spiritual masters. Friends, St. Therese of Lisieux was matured in day. What does it mean to be childlike and what does it mean to be matured in the context of our faith? Friends, to be childlike, it basically means this, to be open to Jesus, to be open to Jesus and whatever Jesus has to offer to us. And to be matured means to say yes to Jesus even when we don't feel like it, to say yes to Jesus as part of a commitment even when we don't have the mood, to say yes to Jesus even when we are suffering, even when there's hardships, even in the midst of a global pandemic. To say yes to Jesus through all of these facts. Those who are childlike, um, when trials come and tribulation comes, let's say a child falls sick. All the child wants to do is to overcome that sickness and get better again. St. Therese of Lisieux, yes, she was childlike, but she was matured. When she had suffering, when she had tuberculosis, she did not run away from the sufferings, but instead she offered it up to Jesus for the, salvations of, for the salvation of souls, for the reparation of sin, for the reunion of all Christians. Friends, St. Therese of Lisieux did not run away from suffering. And that is the mature aspect of her faith. She was childlike in the sense that she's open to Jesus and mature in the sense that she stayed and committed herself to Jesus and for the sake of his love for her and her love for him. Friends, you know, speaking of childlike, I am reminded of this story. One of the greatest examples of childlikeness that I've witnessed myself was this, uh, how uh, a child can truly be innocent, a child can truly teach us invaluable lessons by his or her life. You know, I was bedridden for a period of time between 2009 to 2011. And in this period of time, uh, there was a lot of uncertainty. I was admitted in different hospitals. Uh, there's no time to dive into that story today. But what I would like to share is this. My youngest cousin's sister uh, used to visit me with her family, my uncle and auntie and my other cousins. And there were times when um, she would insist that they come and uh, visit me. And upon visiting me, she would insist that she wants to stay on, even when her immediate family members had to head home. At first, I remember this one encounter, one of many encounters in the hospital, where it was just me and my little cousin's sister alone. And I was watching the television. I was watching football highlights. I was a diehard fan of Manchester United at that time. And there was Astro in this hospital. So I was watching football highlights. And as I was watching football highlights. My little cousin, who was only four years old at that time, was sitting uh, on the chair next to the bed and talking and talking and talking and talking. Yes, she's very talkative. She was very talkative at least. Still is a bit right now. Anyways, friends, I was watching the television while she was talking to me. And this four-year-old girl came up 
to me, sat next to me on the bed and looked me in the eye and said, I am talking to you. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Since a four-year-old girl was teaching her older cousin brother who's eight years older than her, that when a conversation takes place between two people, there has to be eye contact. There has to be eye contact. Friends, I learned this invaluable truth from my little cousin. At that point of time, of course, I probably could not accept it. I'd be like, no, I want to watch football highlights, but she insisted. And so I looked her in the eye as she continued to speak and speak and speak. And friends, St. Therese of Lucio also says this, and I quote, uh, she connects this importance of looking in the eye of others when conversing, looking in the eye of our Lord and Savior. Friends, she says this, look at his adorable face, look at his glazed and sunken eyes, look at his wounds, look at Jesus in the face, there you see how he loves us. She says, look in the eyes of Jesus, because in the eyes of Jesus, you see how he loves us. Friends, children desire to be looked at in the eye when they are speaking to us and we are, when we are speaking to them, because they want to see that love in our eyes. They want to experience that love. You know, every human being is born with that openness to receive love and to give love. And children have that in the most raw and um, authentic form. You know, as we grow older, we kind of become numb to this. We kind of close our hearts to love in so many ways. But children have this openness to love. That is why my little cousin sister told me to look her in the eye when she is speaking to me. Friends, let us look at Jesus in the eye. If you have a crucifix, look at the crucifix in the eye. When you are conversing with Jesus, when you are praying, look at Jesus in the eye. If you have a picture of divine mercy in front of you right now, just look at Jesus in the eye. Friends, the same premise applies when we are speaking to others. You know, we have to look them in the eye when we are speaking to them. We cannot be scrolling our phones. <laughs> you know, that's an indicator that we are not that interested. And this was an invaluable truth that once again I learned through a child who was only four years old at that age. A child who kept me company when I was bedridden. Friends, St. Therese of Lisieux, basically asks us, us, pleads with us to look at Jesus in the eye and to listen to his voice. You know, she says that these are in essentials in prayer. You know, to be able to recognize the voice of the shepherd, the voice of Jesus. Friends, many people probably ask this question, how can I hear the voice of God? Friends, the fact that you desire to hear the voice of God is a good step in itself. And how you can be sure that it is indeed the voice of God is only through practice, so to speak. Friends, for example, my little cousin and I, if I were to prank call her with using another phone right now, she will probably know it's me because she recognizes my voice because we speak to each other a lot. Friends, if you speak to Jesus a lot and if you listen to Jesus a lot, when trials and tribulations come, when you are at crossroads and you need to make a decision, and a thought comes to your mind and you're wondering, is this the voice of Jesus or is this my mind? Friends, at that moment in time, if you are close and intimate with Jesus, if you're practicing uh, good forms of prayer, of listening to him as much as you're speaking to him, you will recognize his voice as much as my cousin's sister will recognize my voice when I'm trying to prank her. Friends, the only way we can recognize the voice of God better is if we grow in intimacy with Jesus, if we speak to him and listen to him daily. St. Therese of Lisieux was very much attuned to the voice of Jesus and very much in love with the gaze of Jesus, with the eyes of Jesus.
Fred Centuries of Lisieux was the patroness of missionaries. And the interesting thing is this, the patron saint of missionaries is Saint Francis Xavier, a man who traveled to countries to preach the gospel. And he was such a good preacher that he traveled across borders, friends. But Saint Therese of Lisieux, she never left the Carmelite convent that she was in. She was there throughout her nine years as a Carmelite nun. How is it that she is the patroness of missionaries? Friends, a missionary is not uh, made by his legs merely, but is made by his heart. St. Therese of Lisieux's heart was burning with love for Jesus. And what she did for missionaries was she stood in the gap and she interceded for missionaries who went physically across the world. But even in a very direct way, she had a role as a missionary when she stood in the gap and she prayed for the salvation of souls. The love of Jesus was so strong in her heart that she was so effective at being a missionary that she did not even have to leave the four walls of her, of her convent that she was residing at. That's her love for Jesus was so great. As for us in these pandemic times, um, many of you watching may have been to missions, outreaches in different geographical areas within the country you're residing at, beyond the country you're residing at. In these pandemic times, many of us feel like our wings have been tied up or even cut off because we cannot go out and do mission. But friends, and Therese of Lusieux shows us that you can do mission even in the quiet of your room. When you decide to stand in the gap and intercede for others, for the salvation of souls, for the reunion of all Christians and the reparation of sin, you are being a missionary. You are being a missionary. And friends, there are so many ways in centuries of Lusieux, I can imagine we'll be doing this. She would, of course, be praying and she would be connecting with others. We have technology today. Connect with others using Zoom, Skype, whatever platform. Friends, centuries of Lusieux would definitely prefer connecting via video call because that has face-to-face -face and eye-to-eye -eye connection. And, and we saw earlier the importance of eye-to-eye -eye connection as St. Therese of Lusio put it. When we look at Jesus in the eye, we see the love that he has for us. So let's, let's follow the footsteps of St. Therese of Lusio in looking at Jesus' eyes whenever we draw close to him in prayer. So brothers and sisters in Christ, let us close at a time of prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Father, we thank you for the gift of St. Therese of Lusieux. St. Therese of Lusieux, we ask for your intercessions that we may rise up to be mighty warriors in the kingdom of God, in the battlefield, that we may become missionaries that are worthy of our calling in Christ Jesus. We ask St. Therese of Lusieux that we may rediscover our baptismal call to be missionaries. Whether we are working 9 to 5 jobs, whether we are students, we all have a call to be full-time missionaries to shine forth the glory of God wherever we go. Centuries of Lucio, help us to be consistent in our lives. Help us to strive for holiness in every aspect of our life. Help us be missionaries and help us to witness the love of Jesus to everyone that we come across, just like you did, Centuries of Lucio. I ask that you help us discover God's calling over our lives, the way in which He is calling each of us to be missionaries. Come Holy Spirit and kindle in our hearts the fire of your love that we may set the world on fire just as St. Therese of Lusius set the world on fire on fire for the gospel, on fire for love and on fire for Jesus in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, thank you for tuning in and before we end I would like to give a huge shout out once again to Amanda Lee from City on the Hill Co 
for this beautiful illustration, which, by the way, is available in sticker format. I have mine over here. And so, friends, all of you who are watching, and if you're interested in getting the sticker, click on the link below, which leads to her shop, so that you can purchase this sticker. And sticker of other saints are available as well. Brothers and sisters in Christ, until next week, God bless.